Good morning. This is Steve Van Cura at Bread of Life Bible Studies. This is part two of a teaching series on Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and light shall shine upon thy ways. Uh, be sure you review the previous video teaching on this, as well as uh, previous teachings on the tongue. All of that will help you better understand uh, what the Bible has to say about these topics. So let's begin first with a prayer. Father God, I thank you for the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that whenever we enter into the Word of God, uh, given by the Spirit of God, that the Spirit of truth then opens the Scriptures up so we can understand it, hear it spiritually with our ears, see it with our eyes, and that our minds and spirits would receive and understand what you would teach us in your word today, Lord. Father, open this word up. Bring it alive, Father. Anoint it so it changes us for your eternal purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we'll continue here, and I'm going to repeat a little bit about what we said in the last uh, study. Job made this statement. Uh, he said, uh, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it will be established unto thee. A decree is a, is a vocal uh, statement um, out out loud, um, sort of like a judge might make a decree in a courtroom. The important thing to understand is uh, when voiced, a decree in a sense becomes a law. Uh, for example, parents can decree um, in their household uh, certain rules or regulations, such as uh, when you get up in the morning, the first thing you do is make your bed or whatever. But the decrees become uh, the law of the house. A uh, mayor might make decrees over a city. Um, a king might make decrees over a country. Uh, but it's important to understand that God also decrees. Uh, His word, all of the promises of God, uh, are actually decrees. They are, in a sense, a law or laws that um, have uh, power over the entire creation. Now, uh, many of these promises of God are uh, conditional. In other words, there's a part for us to do and a part for God to do. But uh, the Bible says God watches over his word to perform it. Now, words are so important. Uh, remember the scripture, it says, Every idle word that thou shalt speak, thou shalt give account thereof at the day of judgment. For by thy words shalt thou be justified, and by thy words shalt thou be condemned. When our life is over, basically it's the words that we've said that are going to pay a, a very large part in our judgment. And of course, words are typically followed by action. All right, so uh, the Bible, in fact, says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, in the last study, we mentioned that God created man to have dominion over the earth. Uh, God is the God of the creation above the heavens. In other words, uh, uh, the heavenly creation, okay? But it was God that actually gave mankind dominion over the earth. Now, originally, uh, that was a perfect relationship between a perfect man and uh, Eve, uh, his bride, and uh, because they were under the, they were submitted under the authority or power of God. Okay, so therefore, uh, as long as they were submitted to God, then good things would happen in the earth. Uh, 
But remember that God tested the hearts of Adam and Eve by putting these two trees in the garden, the tree of life and the tree of death. He said, do not eat of the tree of death because the day that you eat thereof, you will surely die. And remember the serpent comes in and deceives Eve and uh, convinces her to disobey God, partake of the tree of death, and give the fruit of that tree to her husband Adam. And then they both partake of that. Now remember, inside the fruit uh, was, were seeds. Uh, there's good seed, there's bad seed. Every seed bears after its kind. But when Adam and Eve partook of that uh, tree of death or the seed thereof, they literally became, their lives became uh, a tree of death. So that the fruit that they bore from now on, uh, when they beget sons and daughters, they beget them after their likeness uh, with the sin nature. And therefore, sin entered the human race. And uh, now, instead of being submitted to God, they had submitted themselves to the devil. Now, the devil was then able to work through them to accomplish evil in the earth. Uh, the devil cannot do anything in the earth except through a, a person, a man, submitted to the devil's authority. Just like God cannot do anything in the earth except through a man or a person submitted to God's authority because man has dominion or authority on the earth. Now, uh, there is a scripture I really like. It says, The eyes of the sovereign Lord search over the whole earth, seeking someone through whom he can show himself strong, whose heart is perfect towards him. In other words, God's looking for somebody through whom he can work, uh, through whom he can operate in the earth, so that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the devil, of course, also searches the whole earth, seeking someone through whom he can show himself strong and work through people whose hearts are submitted to him to accomplish his evil purposes in the earth. So this is a war between uh, God and the devil, but man is right in the middle of it. You and I are the targets in a sense that um, if anything is going to be accomplished in the earth of, of God's will, uh, he has to have servants in the earth who are submitted to him and through whom he can work. Same thing true for the devil. Now, um, the tongue is the key part of this because we do have authority over the earth, but I will, let's illustrate that a little bit better. Uh, Jesus, for example, uh, said of himself, he said, of myself I can do nothing. But of course we know Jesus did all kinds of miracles and wonders and that sort of thing. Uh, but he pointed out that the words that he spoke, he said, the words that I speak are not my words. I only say what I hear the Father saying. Now, what did he say? Whatever he said was always the Father's word. Therefore, these were decrees. They, he was decreeing a thing. Remember, the, the scripture says, decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and light shall shine upon thy way. So Jesus operated simply by words. The words that he spoke would come to pass because the Father himself was overseeing the words that Jesus spoke so that they literally uh, became reality in the earth. All right, And Jesus did miracles. You know, the blind could see, the deaf could hear, the, the dead were raised, the sick were made well, 
And, and it was all just through words that Jesus spoke. But Jesus said, these miracles that I do, it's not me that does them. It's the Father in me that does the works. All right, so here's the point. Uh, Jesus had authority to declare or decree the will of God in every situation. But the power came from the Father. So we have authority and power. Authority and power. Authority is expressed by man through declarations or decrees or through words, the spoken words. But the power to fulfill those words comes from the spirit realm, either from God, if he's watching over his word, or from the devil, if he's watching over his words. All right. So um, James talks about the tongue a lot. He said, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man and able to keep his whole body in check. Says, uh, and James compares uh, the tongue to a rudder in a ship. A ship can be very large, but it's turned wherever the pilot wants to go by this small rudder. And James says that the tongue in a person are, is just like that rudder. He said, the tongue is a fire and works evil among the parts of the body. He said, consider how a great forest could be set on fire by a small spark. And he said, um, the tongue, being evil, corrupts the whole person and sets the whole course of a person's life on fire and the tongue itself is set on fire by hell. In other words, the words that are spoken by the tongue of a person, if they come from the thoughts and plans of the devil, then the devil works through that person by the words that he spoke to create chaos and basically cause a fire in this person's life. In fact, James says, no man can tame the tongue. Now, here's our problem. Uh, mankind is inherently evil. Yeah, the Bible says that the, the tongue is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. So you and I do not have the ability to tame our tongues, all right? But God can. God can. So if once we're born again and we have the Spirit of God in us, the Bible says it is God that works within you, both to will and to do of His good purpose, okay? So now instead of the devil using our tongues, and if we speak the Word of God, believe the Word of God, preach the Word of God, testify to the Word of God, then the Spirit of God can work through the words we speak to accomplish His plans and purposes in the earth exactly like, like He did Jesus. Okay, So uh, both Satan and God, in a sense, are outside looking into the earth. God works through people whose hearts are yielded to Him. Satan works through people whose hearts are yielded to him. So the, these are so important. Um, this is a, think about this. You cannot do anything in the earth to fulfill God's will except God works through you. So in other words, God cannot do anything except through a person yielded to him and a person uh, cannot do anything in the earth for God except that he yield himself to God. So notice this, that basically uh, for God 
to operate in the earth, there is a partnership, okay? Uh, the partnership is this, that God has to have a man in the earth whose, whose heart is yielded to him in order for him to accomplish his purposes in the earth. So in, the, in that sense, um, uh, this is what Jesus said, of myself I can do nothing, all right, because he was a man. But he could speak the words, God's words, and then God provided the power to fulfill the words. The same thing is true for us. So this is a co-mission. What's a co-mission? When you're in the military, you get a commission. Co means together, like two people. And, and that's to accomplish the mission. Like, for example, a commission of the military is to, uh, uh, to work for the, the army, the military, or something like that to accomplish their plans and purposes uh, for the nation. All right. So, um, and this, is, this concept is extremely important for us to understand how this works. All right. Now, uh, remember we said that the uh, decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and light shall shine upon thy ways. When we, uh, light represents revelation. All right. All throughout scripture, light represents revelation. And the Bible, for example, says the entrance of thy word giveth light. Uh, the Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights in whom there is no darkness or shadow of turning. All right, so if the Bible says Jesus is the light of the world, he also says you and I, we, are lights on a lampstand representing the, uh, the kingdom of God and the light of Christ shines through us. Okay, now the opposite are the wicked, all right? Now, there's a scripture that says, The path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, but the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. So those that operate uh, for the devil, they're basically like walking blindly in the dark. Uh, they do not have access to the things of God or the, uh, the light of God's word, so they are blind. They're just flat blind. They don't know uh, their destiny in the future. Uh, they do not understand the plans and purposes of God. Uh, I was that way one time. I was an atheist. And the Bible says the, the, uh, the God of this age, talking about the devil, hath blinded the eyes of those who believe not, lest they see the glorious light of the gospel. So uh, being an atheist, I... I didn't believe there was a God, didn't believe there was a spirit realm. Uh, I thought when you're dead, you're dead, and that's the end of the story. Uh, but one day while reading the Bible, uh, that uh, all of a sudden the, the light turned on, and I knew that I knew that I knew that there was, God, there was a God, that the, the Bible could be trusted, uh, and uh, the entrance of thy word giveth light. All right, so... Uh, this is so important that we live, think on, decree, declare, memorize the Word of God because it is the means by which God guides us through life. All right? So, and the way we institute that life uh, of God, uh, the power of the Word of God, is to speak it. Speak it. 
there's a, a scripture in Amos that says, can two walk together except they be agreed? When we pray, uh, it's important that we pray God's will. Uh, and uh, that's according to God's word. Uh, because this is all about thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a scripture that says, if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of him. All right, so again, this is a partnership. It's a commission. Uh, God wants to bring blessing to the earth, but he works through people. And the more yielded we are to him, the more powerfully he can work not only in my life, but in the lives of those around me. And I become literally an ambassador of the kingdom of God. All right? And the words that I speak, God watches over them to perform it. Uh, and I exercise the authority that God gave me by speaking the words of God. Okay? Then just like Jesus, I speak it, then God brings it to pass. All right? uh, there's a scripture in Jeremiah that says that God watches over his word to perform it. There's another in Isaiah that says, just as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and waters the earth and causes it to bring forth and bud and give set bread to the, I'm sorry, seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now notice this, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void without accomplishing that for which I sent it. You know, so God introduced that scripture by saying this, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts because my ways and my thoughts are so are far above your ways and your thoughts, just like the heavens are higher than the earth. So God does not say that to say, gee, too bad that we can't have his thoughts or ways. No, he just said that the way we get his thoughts and ways and operate in a higher life of God is through the word that he gives us. Uh, just like the rain and the snow come from down from heaven and water the earth and bring it to life, so also God's word brings life to us and to those around us. All right. Um, the angels also, the Bible says, are mighty in strength. And what they do is hearken to the word of God. So when I speak God's word, uh, the, the angels actually operate to bring it to pass. That, that's their commission in a sense, all right? Jesus is called the high priest of my confession. Uh, he is a mediator between God and man. The Bible says there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. He's called the high priest of our confession. All right, now a high priest is one who mediates between a sinful man and a holy God. But what he does is take um, our gifts or our sacrifices, okay, uh, to the Father. And these days, what is the sacrifice? The Bible says it's the sacrifice of our lips. It's the words we speak. And that's the way we come into agreement with God. When we speak what God says, Jesus literally brings that spoken word to the Father and then brings it to pass in our life. All right. So uh, God works through his word. You and I work through God's word. Now, 
if I say what the devil says, then I'm giving opportunity for the devil to work through my words and accomplish his purposes in me. So I have to be real careful uh, what I say uh, because all of my words are going to be fulfilled, whether they come from God or the devil. All right. Now, um, there is a concept called a prophetic decree, which kind of illustrates some of what we've been talking about. Elijah one time in the Old Testament made a statement. He said, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. In other words, uh, he just said there's no rain, no dew uh, uh, for three and a half years. All right. And, and sure enough, there was a, a great drought and there was no rain or dew for three and a half years. Now, Elijah was a prophet, so some of us, we, we look at that and we think, well, he was just prophesying, saying that there's going to be a drought. But if we understand this principle about what we've been talking about, he didn't just say it. He didn't pray it. Uh, he didn't prophesy it. He literally decreed it. Okay. In other words, he caused the drought by the words that he said. And as when he spoke the words, then God fulfilled what he said in the earth. Because again, man has dominion in the earth. So God wanted to have a drought, but he couldn't do it until Elijah said it. Elijah caused the drought by the words that he spoke. And then the Father brought the power to bring it to pass. Another example is Elisha, where Elisha was telling a woman who was barren, didn't have a baby, wanted a child real bad. And Elisha said, okay, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Well, the woman said, how can that be? That doesn't make any sense. All right, but sure enough, she became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son. All right, just exactly as Elisha had said. So uh, did he just, did Elisha just prophesy that she was going to have a baby? No, he spoke the will of God. Literally, he decreed it. All right, and because he has authority on the earth as a man, he spoke this word, which was also the will of God. He spoke it by the authority that he had as a man in the earth, and it was God that sent the power to bring it to pass. So the words that we speak are so important. They can, call, they can bring to pass all kinds of things. There's tremendous power in our words. One time there was a storm on Lake, the Sea of Galilee where the disciples were taking a, their little boat across the, the lake there and a big storm blew up and, and the disciples were just scared because the waves were blowing uh, over the boat and uh, they thought they were going to sink. Now Jesus was asleep in, in the back of the boat and they come running over to him and they wake him up and said, Master, don't you care that we're perishing? Uh, we're going to sink. You know, and Jesus got up and scolded them. He said, Oh, ye of little faith. Uh, I think he was saying, Well, why didn't you do something about it? But he stood up and he rebuked the wind. He commanded the waves and the wind to be still. Peace, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped, the waves were calm, and the disciples said, oh my 
gosh, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Now, now, you have to understand, all he, Jesus was doing, he was decreeing a thing. And what's the scripture say? Decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and light shall shine upon thy ways. But Jesus talked to things, and the disciples saw that over and over again. One time Jesus was speaking to a mustard tree. He rebuked it. He basically cursed it because it didn't have any fruit on it. And then a couple of days later, the disciples were walking along that same road and they saw that fig tree all dried up. And somebody pointed it out to Jesus and said, look, that fig tree that you cursed, look, it's, it's dead or dying. And Jesus said something very important. He said, have the God kind of faith. The Bible actually says, uh, have faith in God. But if you look in the margin, the, the translation is really, have the God kind of faith. Well, what's the God kind of faith? The God kind of faith is to talk to things, to speak to things. He said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and, and uh, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he will have what he says. In another time he said, and nothing shall be impossible to you. So uh, you and I, we have authority in the earth. We exercise that authority through our spoken words. And if we speak what God says, then God can work through us to accomplish his will and purposes in the earth. So you're in my job as believers, as Christians, it is to be filled with the Word of God, literally. The Bible says, ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That we need to change the way we think. Stop thinking like the world thinks, but literally uh, to be filled with the Word of God. The Bible says, ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to be brainwashed. We have to wash our brains, in a sense, by the Word of God. The Bible says we are washed by the water of the Word. And what's it do? The Word of God washes away all the junk and the trash that we've had in our minds uh, for so long, okay? But the Bible says that just as Jesus, because of His obedience, sits now at the right hand of the Father, He also has loved us and washed us from our sins, and He has made us kings and priests unto God. And so you and I have the same authority he does. We are in the body through the new birth. And therefore we have dominion, power, authority, exactly like he does. God works through people whose hearts are yielded to him, just like the devil works through people whose hearts are yielded to him. Meditate on all these things and study the word of God. Make it a day and night process. Pray the word, teach the word. I'll say this, teaching is so helpful because the best way to learn the word of God is to teach others. There's a scripture in Philemon that says, I pray that you will be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of all that you have in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to say a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, both now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen.